I'm Bernard, and I am a recovering alcoholic and grateful for it. I I didn't um, new beginnings is uh, what to to means, and I could be butchering that word. There are plenty of new beginnings that I experienced in Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm, I'd like to uh, give you a uh, first start uh, with a little history of Alcoholics Anonymous before I talk about my history as an alcoholic. Uh, one um, thing that's very important to those who, uh, you know, maybe call themselves an agnostic or an atheist is there was an atheist who uh, was one of the first... By the way, Bill was a little bit of a uh, Wall Street promotional guy. He was uh, kind of a flim-flam artist, if you will. And so he, um, he um, you may have heard there were 100 members. In the beginning, there weren't. There were 76. He rounded it up. There was one woman. And, uh, and uh, one of the members was an atheist. And he remained an atheist uh, sober. And his name was Jim Burwell. I can tell you his full name because he's passed away as they've all 76 are now uh, since it was the 1930s. And he's the man who inserted the words God as we understand him. Now, I don't know for, for most uh, free thinking individuals, the minute you hear him, uh, for me, I, I uh, immediately evoke images of some kind of anthropomorphic, anthropocentric deity, which is kind of um, uh, the opposite of a free thinker. A uh, free thinker or uh, somebody who uh, believes or doesn't believe in anything or is searching for something uh, is probably not looking for uh, some kind of uh, deity. Uh, I know I'm not. And 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 uh, and have uh, you know have been uh, clean and sober. Uh, I I do, by the way, uh, uh, fall prey to alcoholism in all of its forms. I'm not a specialist. Uh, I I partook of uh, everything that altered me from the neck up. I seem to have an allergy to it, a physical allergy. As soon as I take anything that alters me from the neck up. Uh, uh, all bets are off. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how many I'm going to take, and I don't know where I'm going to end up, which uh, actually ended up in a jail cell in the, be the beginning of my sobriety. But um, uh, to dig not to digress from a little bit of history, um, Bill uh, Bill's um, feeling about who should uh, be members of Alcoholics and and not um it became kind of progressive as time went on by the time 1965 uh the 30th anniversary of alcoholics anonymous he had a little speech that said newcomers are approaching aa at the rate of thousands yearly they represent almost be every belief and attitude imaginable we have atheists and agnostics we have people of nearly every race culture and religion in AA, we are supposed to be bound together in the kinship of our common suffering. Consequently, the full individual liberty to practice, and this is Bill Wilson speaking, by the way, the conse consequently, the full individual liberty to practice any creed, principle, or therapy, whatever, 
should be a first consideration for us all. Let us not, therefore, pressure anyone with our individual or even our collective views. Let us instead accord each other the respect and love that is due to every human being as he tries to make his way toward the light. Well, I don't know about the light or the dark, what would be more spiritual, but whatever. Let us uh, always be inclusive rather than exclusive. Let us remember that each alcoholic among us is a member of AA so long as he or she so declares. And he uh, said that to the convention, which was around April in 1965. It was later uh, republished in the grapevine of July 1965, that uh, passage. So Bill had a kind of a progressive view as time went on. You know, some, some of you may have heard he even tried LSD at uh, some point in the 50s and the 60s before, uh, before it became uh, a, hot, uh, a hot button issue. And, uh, and he, he convinced a lot of early members of Alcoholics Anonymous to trip with him. So, um, so he was a seeker throughout his sobriety. And he was kind of progressive as to who should and should not call themselves a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. He, uh, he was kind of vocal about it, as you could see. And, uh, and, uh, and that really is the legacy of Alcoholics Anonymous, no matter what somebody tells you in a particular meeting. It, you do not have to believe in any kind of anthropomorphic or any other kind of higher power in order to get and stay clean and sober. That is uh, the main message of uh, the third step, really. I mean, the third uh, tradition, really. The third step is a whole different uh, idea that, um, you know, and as, as, an, as an atheist slash agnostic, I, I, I've been able to work all, all 12 steps. That means two and three and 11. Um, and uh, come to a belief system. I no longer call myself an atheist or agnostic. I don't call myself anything. I call myself a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, I have a belief system. And, and frankly, I think our personal belief systems, our, per, our personal creed, how uh, we believe about what a free thinker means, what a humanist means, what an atheist or agnostic means, is a personal issue as any belief system. And, and I think it should stay personal. I don't think that uh, a, a collective view is what's appropriate for anyone's recovery. Um, I, have a, uh, I have a personal practice that works quite well for me, but it's got nothing really to do with me staying clean and sober. Absolutely, it has uh, somewhat to do with me being centered, uh, me being able to uh, talk freely and and uh, and not be so concerned with what you may think or not think, and uh, talk about my own experience, strength, and hope. How long do I speak, Clifford? How long do I speak? Anyone? Oh, you got you got another twenty minutes. You're good. You're good. Okay. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. Just go for it, Bernard. Go for it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that, but I'm still gonna time myself because 
like having that faux pas of over talking because I can. Anyway, um, so back to me. Uh, you know, uh, so generally, what whatever you believe, relax. It, it, your life is not depend, and your sobriety is not dependent on what you believe or don't believe. And uh, being open to uh, changing your beliefs is not so um, dependent on on Alcoholics Anonymous either. Just recognizing that if you're here, you probably are not coming in on a winning streak. You probably realize there's some kind of problem with some kind of uh, substance. And, uh, and, and that's what we're here for. That's the glue that holds us together. If you're anything like me, um, you know, I, I lost the power uh, of choice over uh, what I would didn't take that would alter me from the neck up. And having uh, lost the power of choice over that, uh, I, it was kind of the main obsession of my life. I spent most of my life uh, uh, being uh, um, altered, if you will. Although I thought I was a, a pretty much a, um, a, what do they call that, a uh, functioning alcoholic. I probably thought I was. Uh, uh, it was the 1980s, so it really didn't matter. Uh, the work that I did probably um, looked artistic to uh, some people who I, who were paying me for that work. So, um, you know, I managed to uh, escape by convincing myself that I was functioning just by uh, being altered every day of my life. Uh, but um, some part of me in there uh, knew that this wasn't working out too well, especially because I would always end up offending someone sometime at some point um, in, in my behavior. Um, you know, I, I actually, I still do that, but at least I'm aware of it. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, you know, that didn't just go away. Um, uh, I, cause if you haven't uh, already realized I'm kind of opinionated and, uh, I have strong opinions and, uh, sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. So be it. Um, so I, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, not all that far from uh, Windsor, uh, just across the little bridge there. And uh, so uh, for those of you that are from uh, Montreal, I'm, I'm not all that far from where you live. And, uh, uh, and, uh, and I, uh, I grew up in the, uh, you know, in the 60s and a lot was going on. And uh, and a lot was going on inside uh, my family of origin. And, uh, you know, I think that my father was probably one of us, but he never got to Alcoholics Anonymous, so I cannot call him an alcoholic. But he seemed to have a lot of problems with rage and alcohol. And uh, so that affected me uh, quite a bit. And I was looking for relief when I had my uh, first uh, uh, experience with altering myself from the neck up. And like I said, when I speak about alcoholism, I'm not being a specialist. It doesn't matter what substance I'm talking about. I don't think there's a lot of difference uh, for me as an alcoholic in any substance I took. I took it all the same way. And it, uh, and it, uh, it kept me mostly um, from feeling my most authentic self and, uh, and having uh, 
uh, a new beginning. It was sort of a uh, an armor as opposed to having a new beginning with life and uh, with those around me and my fellow human beings. It was more of an armor uh, that became more like an Iron Maiden and, uh, and, and trapped me. Uh, by the time I got to Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, it was uh, behind a, a being arrested in a blackout. I was uh, trying to get off um, cocaine uh, by drinking. <laughs> Didn't work out too well. Uh, it made my behavior even crazier. And usually I ended up at the dealer anyway. So, um, you know, uh, I knew that at some point, you know, I wasn't uh, completely uh, uh, divorced from my logic. I knew that at some point that um, I had to kind of quit anything that altered me from the neck up in order to make this thing work. Uh, I knew that my job was tenuous and indeed I was fired uh, the week uh, that I, this, uh, jail, this uh, jail experience happened. I was fired, uh, my father passed away and uh, found out about uh, uh, unfaithfulness from a partner, uh, all in, in one week. And, uh, you know, I was, I was off on a bender. I was, uh, uh, I was ingesting everything that I possibly could. And I ended up in a blackout, uh, uh, trying to, uh, and, you know, um, also, you know, if I were a man of color, I would have been just shot, but I said I was arrested. And uh, I and I I ended up awakening in this jail cell, and the and the cops telling me what I had done, but to uh, to my horror, and uh, it was in that jail cell when they, after they told me what had happened and what I was in there for, that I sat there alone in the jail cell, and I uh, I pleaded out to whatever uh, powers were in the universe to please help me. Uh, now, I don't know about any kind of anthropomorphic, any kind of deity or any kind of power in the universe, but it occurred to me that it might be a good idea to go back to those Alcoholics Anonymous meetings that had uh, kept me clean and sober for about 29 days a few months before. So I, had, uh, I, I set about doing just that. I went to meetings uh, you know, since I was uh, now uh, under new employee at a different uh, uh, a different facility in my industry, I uh, I had a lot of time on my hands because I had uh, I had uh, I'd screwed up my uh, clientele quite a bit. So um, I, so I was able to attend a lot of meetings, and particularly uh, the meetings that appealed to me the most were the midnight meetings. Uh, because they were all out of control and there wasn't any, there wasn't a hell of a lot of God talk and there wasn't a, a hell of a lot of, of uh, what seemed to be dogmatic uh, uh, rhetoric, uh, which was going on in, in, in some of uh, the earlier meetings. Uh, and, you know, I related to it because it kind of seemed like a, a kind of sober club atmosphere at this particular place called the Drug and Alcohol Center on Santa Monica Boulevard, uh, its original location. It, 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 was a, a, it was on Santa Monica Boulevard 
uh, a few years after that at, a, at another location. But this one was above uh, a, a gay bar called The Rage. And, uh, and so I would go there at midnight uh, every night and, uh, and just not drink, uh, try to stay there till the bars closed. And, uh, and uh, then go home, go to sleep and wake up and go to my work and, uh, and repeat. And that's what my early sobriety looked like. Uh, there was a, uh, in, in the area I got sober in Los Angeles, California, there, uh, there was a, there was a, a loving fellowship actually. And, uh, and, and people would gather around you and uh, tell you uh, what to do. And one of the first things I was taught to do uh, after, um, you know, attending meetings was uh, to get a, uh, a book, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, some people call it the big book, and read it. It was a great sleep, uh, uh, sleep aid. I read it and it would knock me out to sleep. It was poorly written <laughs> and went on and on. And, uh, and, um, and it, it did the trick. But uh, I, I must have been absorbing some of the ideas of it. And one of the ideas that appealed to me the most was uh, on page 60, where it started talking about, um, I may be uh, trying to run the whole show. And that, that, could be my, uh, that could be my character defect that always makes me uh, uncomfortable and have the need to alter myself from the neck up. And, uh, that seemed to uh, that seemed to you know that my problems were of my own making, whether I realize it or not, and that people were really reacting to uh, uh, my behavior, not my intentions, and uh, and that that could have a lot to do with uh, recovery, and, uh, and 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 I think that made sense to me. Uh, uh, they also uh, taught me in the Los Angeles area in my early recovery to uh, be of service and be of service looked ridiculous to me. I was supposed to be cleaning ashtrays and coffee cups. We had coffee cups back then. And yes, people smoked in, in meetings back then. And uh, uh, most of the meetings now are non-smoking and they do not use uh, regular coffee cups. So, uh, oh, I got sober 12, 8, 1988, for those of you that are, uh, care about the statistics. And I stayed sober and clean from that date to this day. Uh, I, I, um, I met a man, uh, I somehow got railroaded into general service, and I met a man who had started a meeting called We Agnostics. And uh, that appealed to me a great deal because I couldn't I, I couldn't fathom the idea of some kind of anthropomorphic deity uh, swooping down and and having gotten me sober. That seemed um, uh, rudimentary and uh, and childish actually to me. Uh, it, and, uh, and and I'm sorry if that offends anyone who may be a believer here. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of magical thinking. I don't think that's what took place to this day. But uh, so I started working the steps with Charlie uh, Polachek. He, I can also say his full name because he's uh, now in the unseen world. Uh, so um, 
I worked the steps with him. I asked him about uh, two, three, and 11. And he said, I'll forget about that. Just do the steps, do the inventory, be uh, the best you can be about uh, being honest and fearless and thorough. And so I did just that. I was honest and fearless and thorough. I was able to see uh, how my motivations and my behavior uh, did in fact uh, match up with what I read in page uh, 60 to 63. Uh, and uh, the idea of the uh, second and 12th and third steps started to make sense that uh, maybe I could uh, turn my will and my life over to the care of Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole and the healing power here. And, uh, and uh, you know, since that has changed, uh, I kind of see there's an inner portal to most living beings uh, and our, our ability to be compassionate and help others is kind of uh, a, you know, what I see as our higher power, uh, this energy that runs through all living things, every tree, every rock, every, uh, every molecule uh, seems to be interconnected in this uh, total energy of the universe. And uh, I believe this total energy of the universe is a good, uh, a, a, a good uh, energy. It is not something that likes destruction. Although uh, atrophy is a law of the universe, uh, so too is uh, living and breathing and uh, birth. And, uh, and, and they're the yin and yang of uh, the universe. And I'm not gonna get too much into what I believe. Again, I think a person's belief system is personal to them and how they come to their belief system is personal and is a single thing it should be uh it should be n n not discussed in 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 public really uh you know it, it just makes for debate and debate is not really what we're here for uh we're for here for supporting each other in our recovery and uh and so I, I, you know, Charlie helped me through the steps. Uh, uh, Charlie's health was failing. He had uh, moved to Texas uh, to be near his sons. And, uh, and, um, and so I started looking for another sponsor. I found one uh, that I related to uh, also. By that point, uh, I was uh, eight years sober and uh israel became my sponsor and uh he's still my sponsor today and uh and yes i have a sponsor and i do work the steps uh, again i think that it's a personal experience i think the sponsor is a uh an ear not a guide and uh you know somewhat a guide but only in in the in the um in the uh, mechanics of it, not in the belief system. If a sponsor is involved in your belief system, you probably got the wrong sponsor. Uh, you know, I believe that you know it, we have to find our own belief system, and much like uh, Bill said in that statement, we have to be very careful about uh, you know uh, judging other people's belief system. A pro or con, as far as this anthropomorphic deity goes, I think it's a personal belief system, and frankly, it's an outside issue to Alcoholics Anonymous. 
and Narcotics Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous and Overeaters Anonymous and whatever anonymous you want. Uh, the idea that, uh, uh, you know, uh, we can tell somebody what they ought to believe and how they should believe is, uh, that's religion's work. And that's usually some kind of uh, money-making scheme, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, that's not what we're here for. We're here uh, as a, uh, 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 the glue that holds us together is our common suffering and the glue that holds us together is our common solution. And that common solution is the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, so eventually uh, when I had gotten through all the first nine steps, and I had started to uh, uh, make an honest amends for the behavior I had and the attitudes I had and the uh, motivations I had. I, uh, I, uh, I, I, I started working. Uh, I don't think that 10, 11, and 12 are maintenance steps. I think they're growth steps. They're a matter of uh, in ten, step 10. Uh, all the first nine steps are enveloped in that. And uh, step 11 is a deeper broadening of my belief system, whatever it may be, whatever your belief system may be. And however your prayer, prayer and meditation, some people just, uh, you know, do a walking meditation. Some people do gardening. Uh, there's there's lots of ways to apply the principles of uh, the 11 step and the 12 step is what I'm doing here which I'm the most uncomfortable with and that's speaking about what I what recovery means to me what my sobriety means to me uh, because I'm not a public speaker I'm not a circuit speaker I'm not somebody who is an authority on anything uh, and uh, so uh, whatever I share has been my uh, personal opinion and my personal experience and has, I don't reflect the uh, views of Alcoholics Anonymous as a whole. And I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to share with you what I did. And uh, that's, that's all I can do. And uh, what I did and do to this day is uh, uh, try to step out of my way uh, my, uh, my motivation to always be on top and always compete and, uh, and, uh, uh, let, uh, recovery work, uh, in the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous and hopefully carry a message of recovery to them, uh, bring to them rather than take away from them. But sometimes I need to do both. There are times where I'm, uh, I'm in a place where I need to uh, uh, give from you experience, strength, and hope, as uh, hopefully I can give to you. And uh, that's really all I've got. That's my uh, 20 minutes. And thank you for asking me to share.